Hi and welcome to Journeys of Faith. Um, we're on episode eight. Um, I'd just like to say thank you to our guest um, this week who's sat there waiting to introduce himself. But before we come to that, I'm just going to have a quick catch up with David and see how his week's been. Good. Hi, David. Hello. Eight. Eight already. That's yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? It is. It doesn't seem... <laughs> doesn't seem that long ago <laughs> but it, it's yeah we started in may wow we've done eight episodes already so I'm, I'm we've traveled we've traveled around the world already as well which is quite phenomenal when you yeah, look at it that way we've been to texas yeah and um, we would have been going to spain but the person we're interviewing in spain is on his way back to the uk damn so, it i fancied a oh. couple of weeks in spain <laughs> so wait he's obviously just waiting for him to arrive back in the uk and then we can arrange the interview with him fantastic and talk about his book which is a surprise because i've not told you who he who he is and what the book is yet but i will we'll we'll be doing that one after this conversation then won't we (laughs) yes we will indeed um how's your week been david um up and down up and down it's it's keeping me busy at the moment um I like I like to I like to learn something every every week. So as long as as long as we're learning, then it's not too bad. Trying to watch um, as many programs as I can to keep my interest and my and my brain active. But uh, yeah, not too bad a week. Not too bad a week. Yours? Yeah, same as usual. Looking after the kids. Um, was supposed to be doing some work this afternoon, um, but due to the rain we've got at the minute. My dad's decided that he doesn't want me climbing the ladder with his power tools. <laughs> <laughs> what was the fun in that? That's why they have battery ones. Oh, just a thought. Um, the WordPress is now fully loaded up because I noticed this morning, I don't know if anybody had fed it back, that one of the pages wasn't working. All right. The Meet the Team, it hadn't been published. So that's all up and running for all you people that want to go and have a look at us on WordPress. We can show you the new website there. That's quite cool. Oh no, that's good. We'll uh, we'll give you some more details on that later. So let's get on to our um, guest. Um, we have Jamie McKenzie. Um, he's actually been. I've known him for four years now. Is it Jamie? Oh yes, and I've counted every month of it. <laughs> Don't blame you. Don't blame you. I'm surprised you're still talking to me. <laughs> um, but no, um, so Jamie is the person responsible for FFM in Manchester. Um, so hopefully today what he's going to do is share a bit about FFM and a bit about his... Can we stop with the acronyms again? Sorry, guys. Some people won't know what FFM is and we, we go through this every week. <laughs> we'll get there, Foundations <laughs> for Ministry. Um, but yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> so Jamie, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and... Uh, introduce yourself a bit more absolutely and firstly thank you for I've, I've arrived this is it this is the pinnacle of my career i've made it onto the journeys of faith podcast <laughs> this is what it's been building to on coming towards so i'm absolutely delighted um <laughs> and uh, yeah obviously the thousands of pounds you're paying for me to do it are helping but uh, um, no i'm jamie mckenzie uh, i'm a dad um, i'm a husband uh, and uh, in my spare time, I like to try and uh, be the local ministry officer in uh, the Manchester Diocese, where I have a remit for um, for lay development and training. And um, I have the best job in the diocese, to be quite frank. Yeah, actually, yeah. You probably have most contacts with most people outside of the uh, clergy themselves, I would have thought, with obviously the reach to all the lay ministries and obviously all the clergy involved with that as well yeah absolutely love it yeah 98 percent of the church of england are not ordained so to be working with that group of people is um it's a privilege and it's phenomenally exciting yeah what, in my opinion, what was that anyway. sorry jamie what was that percentage again 98 percent. 98 percent. wow ridiculous that i didn't realize i actually i thought <clears throat> I thought it would have been a, a bit more of a lower a, a lower number, but obviously I'm uh, I'm shocked, <laughs> which is good. Um, so within that role, um, you look after the authorised lay ministers and the uh, foundation for ministry 
courses. Um, and, and obviously, I've done both of them courses. Um, and we've had a couple of guests that have uh, done both them courses as well. So how does that um, fit into your job role on a more sort of, not day-to-day -day basis, but on the bigger picture of how much time you put into it and uh, how, how it all works? I'm incredibly, incredibly blessed, really, that when I came into the role four years ago, that these courses had already been well established and embedded in uh, by the likes of Jane Presswood and Stephen Tranter. And so just so indebted to the, the people that have gone before me, because both those courses have been running for 10 years now. Um, and in terms of where we're at as a diocese and empowering lay people, we're quite ahead of the game there. And I think we should be really proud of that. Um, so a lot of the hard graft, a lot of the really difficult stuff that had been done. So when I came in, it was really just to keep that momentum going, keep things moving forwards. Um, and my time, as you say, is, is split fairly equally between Foundations for Ministry course, uh, which starts in September and runs through to the summer, and the Authorised Lay Ministry course, which starts in the January and, and moves through to September. So I, I kind of oscillate between, uh, between the two of those. Um, but um, yeah, it'd probably be interesting, you know, for the podcast, if you wanted to, to get someone like Jane Presswood, who was really one of the forerunners, you know, 10 years ago, to be looking at empowering lay people and lay people in ministry 10 years ago was, was quite ahead of the game, really. And I'm, I'm sure she'd be more than happy to come on. Oh, that, that sounds like a plan. Just, I, I'm going to throw this at you and you probably might not have them, but how many people roughly have gone through um, foundations, do you think, in that 10 years? Over the 10 years, uh, we've probably had around um, just under 350 people. Wow. And roughly... So, yeah, we had a bumper crop this year because we, we ran it for the first time in three locations. So we had over 60 people this year. But most years, yeah, it, it started at between 20 and 30 people and has grown steadily over that time. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just an amazing amount of people. And it continues to grow. It just continues to grow. Um, it continues to be something that, that has almost taken on a life of its own, certainly above and beyond me and my role. I think, I think it's something that I feel God's spirit is just really at work and, and it just works. It just works. And I don't always understand why, but we kind of do some content, put people in the same room and, 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 and very, very special things happen. And it's a, it's a privilege really. So I, I feel a bit more like a midwife. And, you know, other people before me have done the hard work and the creation and the birthing. And, you know, I, I'm just kind of a bit of a midwife to, to something that I've um, inherited. And um, which, you know, really shows the importance of legacy. You know, you know, someone like Jane Presswood and, and Stephen Trance, you know, you know, they've done their bit and they've done their nine to five. But what, what they've done is, is leave this legacy, which hopefully I'll continue to leave for others. And for me, that's a sign of something that's really gospel. It doesn't just collapse when one person goes it's not built on one person it's bigger than any individual uh, and when i go it will continue to live on and will continue to grow um, and i think that's something very special that we need to not try and tinker with too much no i, th I think it's <clears throat> obviously i did it before you kept before yourself came along to the role so i did it with stephen um and and obviously it changes slightly but it's still the same core sort of thing and it has has got a reputation around the diocese as a course to go on um and obviously some people you say foundations for ministry and they go oh it's not for me <laughs> i can't do that why should i go and do that and and obviously they think it's it's for people who are looking at moving forward into other roles within the church and and obviously it's not even geared at that it's just to give people more of an understanding of their own journey into or or have I got that a bit wrong no absolutely yeah it's it's um it's a bit of space for people that you know they feel that sense of call and they feel that niggle or or god kind of gently prodding them or other people keep suggesting things and sometimes people know straight away you know yes i am called to a particular type of ministry to be a vicar or to be a chaplain or 
but many people feel the calling, feel the nudge, and I don't always quite understand what that means and, and where to go with that. So to be able to provide a course that, that covers loads of different things and gives people a little taster and allows people the time to think and reflect and learn from others, it is really a kind of, um, it's like a holding bay or a space that allows people hopefully to be able to ask questions and unpack it, look a bit more at their gifts, understand a bit more about the different forms of ministry. Um, and, and obviously 10 years later, it does change because ministry is broadened so widely. It's no longer a, you know, a, um, a sausage machine with a vicar collar at the end, end of it. If you feel called to a sense of ministry now, there's all manner of things and all array of things that you can, you can move towards. Um, and I think that's really exciting as well, that, that, that as the options get broader and the world gets larger and that the course has, has kind of shifted with that. Um, you know, and I'm sure we're preparing people now for ministries, which we don't even know the names of or what they're called at this particular point. But over the next five years, we'll begin to see, you know, as we're pushing into pioneer ministry and fresh expressions and new forms of church leadership. Um, I think continually we need to hold that loosely and just give people that chance to meet with each other and meet with God. And this year has been quite a difficult year as well, hasn't it? With us having the uh, pandemic, that sort of affect not affected it because you've you've carried yourself and all the other leaders have kept it going um and and do you think that with the pandemic that that might open some some new doors to different ministries that are going to appear um absolutely i mean fundamentally yeah there is there is a ministry online i don't always claim to understand what that is and it's not particularly my gifting but I know there is a whole world on the internet and I know that God is calling and raising up people with the gift and the ministry to meet people in that context and um, so my job I see as part of the diocese is, is now to do everything I can to facilitate that to, to make sure that we're, we're letting that thrive so um, so for example on the on the authorised lay ministry course next year we're going to be adding an elective training in digital communication and online media in recognition that there will be people in the diocese that would love to be trained in that area. Um, and it's important that we have missionaries and people moving in that space and helping us understand it and helping our churches to, to make the most of that. So great example there of, of, an area, of a new area of ministry, which is, is, has kind of arisen out of this. Uh, which we need to invest in and, and pour, pour salt and light upon it so it can really grow and thrive, yeah. No, definitely. David, have you got anything you'd like to add to uh, where we are so far? Um, well, I, I mean, obviously I met Jamie about three years ago and I, I think we've covered a lot of what I felt on that course. You know, I'm, I, I made friends that I've just not lost. Yeah, I, I never did the university thing or this, that and the other, but it gave me an idea of what that was because um i i still get random messages on either email or on whatsapp etc from people that i did that course with and in all honesty i can't always remember their names but when, <laughs> but when they come through i say oh yes i was on that course with you and it's a really nice thing and i'm sure you know if i saw jamie in the street i would it would be a case of hello jamie and we would have a chat because we spent 12 months together just over 12 months and it and it was and it was a really it felt it didn't feel it at the time but i do think it was very very intensive um because we learned so much so quickly but on the on the flip side uh, it, it, it makes it sound quite scary when you say intensive and it wasn't because it was done in bite-sized pieces and you know jamie you led it all the way through you without blowing smoke you know, it, you were the glue of that whole year for me because you were my constant. Everything else changed. You were the constant within that. And your faith is unshakable as far as I'm concerned. Everybody has a wobble. I get that. But on that course, you led. You know, there was no two ways about it. When you spoke, we listened. And it was, a, it was an amazing course for me. And it opened my eyes so much to what I, what I saw within the church, good or bad, because there was bits that I didn't particularly like, oh, I'm not going down that line. And there was other bits, and I thought, oh, that, now that's really interesting. 
So I, I found it absolutely an amazing course. And if anybody listening to this wants to get involved in it, as long as you're on it, because I can't speak for anybody else, but certainly as long as you're on it, I would recommend that as a course. I appreciate that. And um, yes, yeah, been one of the interesting things this year has been the course for nine years has run a church house on a Wednesday night and it's been run by the local ministry officer. Uh, this year we put on the course in three locations and had three different teams uh, running the course. Um, and what has been phenomenal to see is, you know, if you just get a few things right in terms of you get some amazing leaders that can hold the tension of allowing people to question and go up and down. You get a few good speakers. Uh, but if you create that safe space, amazing stuff happens. And yes. it's been great yeah. to see that that can happen with other leaders in other contexts uh, as a model. Uh, and it's been really exciting to see the same things happening in three locations this year. Um, that it can happen, um, that it can happen elsewhere outside of church house, um, that we can build up other leaders to run that. And it's, and it's been really exciting um, to see that. And it's always petrifying at the start. I probably don't show it, but at the start of the course, when we put people in groups, we have absolutely no idea whether those people are going to become friends or whether they're going to kill each other. And but in all you've got to get a good balance. You do, and, <laughs> and there's nowhere else. There was nowhere else in the diocese where you would get people from so many different traditions and backgrounds. Yes. In the same space, talking about their faith, because we tend to stick with our particular congregation or or our particular theology. So FFM is incredibly special in that sense. But I do always worry when we put people in those groups. But you know what? It's always the groups that you think are going to kill each other um, that are the ones that end up becoming the closest and keeping in touch because yeah. they have to work harder <clears throat> at listening to each other, understanding each other. There are some groups that get along from the start and they just kind of bob along. But the groups like yours, uh, you know, are the ones that you know, you've got a particular group of individuals and you just think, are they going to rub each other up the wrong way and come to fisticuffs here? Um, and you know you have that first term of it's a bit of the yeah. forming norming storming stuff isn't it um, but you know every single time I, I would never had to in 10 in my time of four years um, we've only ever had to move uh, one person out of a group to another group every single time the groups have stuck together stuck with it um, and always come out of it um, saying the best bit about this course was not Jamie's amazing PowerPoints that he puts hours of work into. The best bit about this course was my small group, was my um, group of people that I really opened up with and, and, and really went deeper on that deeper level. Um, you know, and I think that's, and again, I can't explain that. It just happens. I, th I think there's something about vulnerability. Whenever we're vulnerable with others, that creates connection. There's something about creating a safe environment where people can be really honest. Um, and I think there's something about if we're prepared to take a few steps towards God, um, he just comes running towards and, and, and fully embraces us. Um, so sometimes it's less about the content, less about the information, and more about that, that safe environment and creating groups where people can really open up um, and um, get emotional with each other. You know, yeah, so it's definitely. just all about relationships yeah. at the end of the day. It's all about relationships. Lots of information on the course, but I can guess there might be a couple of sessions that stood out to you. Well, let's be honest, a lot of the information you've probably forgotten. But yes. what has stuck with you is that relationship you established with God that definitely has moved on and that relationship with others. Um, and that's what it's about in the, the day. It's not about information that we remember. It's about that connection and relationship uh, with God and spurring that forwards um, in terms of that lifelong adventure of discipleship that we're all called to. I think Never one of the, I think one of the, the, the biggest things from, for me that you, and I, I'm going to credit you with it. And please, if I, if I'm wrong, I do apologize. Um, you took a lot of the pomp and circumstance out of the church. You, you made it more for me, more for the common man. Um, and one of the, things I think you said was we were talking about theology and are you a, a theologian 
And it was, and we were all sat talking. And it was about halfway. I think we we're about halfway through the course for this bit. And yeah, w- what is a theologian? Who is a theologian? And you basically said to us that if you talk, discuss, and just talk about God, talk about the Bible, dissect it, put your point of view, etc., 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 you are a theologian. And I remember sitting there with Adrian and I, and I literally felt my mind go, wow, yes, I am. I don't need reverend. I don't need doctor. I don't need all those letters at the end of my name. Because I talk about God, because I believe in God, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I am a theologian. And that was that was a massive step for me, and I and, and I, I'll credit you with that because I'm ninety nine percent certain it was you that had that conversation with us, and it made it, <clears throat> it to me it made the church more accessible to me. I didn't feel like I was looking up to the vicar constantly. It made me feel like I could have a conversation about the Bible, about God, to the vicar rather than just sitting there listening to him. Yeah, I mean, language is such an important thing. I think sometimes the way that we've inherited that language and certain things can be a barrier. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love the fact that um, that basically you're saying, uh, you know, I've put the common touch. I put the common touch on <laughs> things. I think that's a backhanded compliment. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that particular session, you know, is amazing because you start by asking the question, hands up in the room, who would class themselves as a theologian and no one puts right. up. You know, and we, and we go through the session and unpack it a bit more and you ask again at the end and you, you see those light bulbs kind of going on. Um, and again, you know, that, that's a huge privilege. And obviously there are people who are called to have a particular gift uh, in terms of unpacking the Bible and preaching and teaching. But we are all called to play our part in that dialogue. It's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. And the best preachers, the best teachers are those that engage us, make us think and invite further conversation not just telling us what we should think or telling us what to believe. Um, and I think when, when that becomes a dialogue, um, it can be really exciting. Um, and you can hear all sorts of different perspectives and, uh, and opinions. Uh, and to give people a permission to do that, um, you know, is always amazes me how, how much it takes a bit of encouragement to get people doing it at first, because, oh, can I? I'm allowed to do that. You know, isn't that... Don't I have to do this, that, and the other? Yeah, definitely. Um, and yes, obviously, as I said, there's wonderful people with specialist knowledge, but the heart, the heart of the gospel, someone always said to me, um, and it always stuck with me, if this doesn't make sense to me at the sink on a Monday morning, then it's no use, it's just no use to my life. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. it, it has to make sense to us in the everyday stuff of life. Otherwise, it's just wonderful theory and, and wonderful rhetoric. It has to make sense to us. You know, in the middle of a lockdown, when we're trying to figure out how on earth we keep our sanity, it has to make sense. You know, when we're in, you know, for you, David, in a funeral business, and people aren't being able to grieve and go through those rites of passage and onward. Yeah. If if what we believe and think isn't making sense in these things, then we're doing something wrong. And the church has done something wrong. If people aren't feeling empowered to to live their faith and all these type of things in the everyday stuff of life. Then, then we as uh, as vicars and teachers have robbed our people of something because we should always be empowering our congregations and people to take ownership of, of that faith. Um, and if we haven't done that, um, then we have to ha- hold our hands up and say, we've, we've, we've done wrong here. We've not prepared people to understand their faith in the everyday stuff of life. Yeah. Um, and, and we need to make sure that we're changing some of the focus uh, and doing that. No, that's. I think that's the key, though, isn't it? I think going back to when I first did foundations, you know, I went into the room of my little group where there was lots of people um, that had been in the church many years more than me, and I was like, I can't say what I want to say because it will just get shot down. And then all of a sudden, I was like, actually, well, you both know me. I I put my foot in it, and then think about it afterwards. Um, and just went well actually and that gave me that authorization to actually be the person to say I don't agree with that you know I don't think why do we do it that way what, why can't we change it and and obviously that's that's my big thing I was taught 
I had, um, it was, by the time this goes out, it was quite, it was, it'll have been a long time ago, but as we're recording it, it was last weekend when I was novice in the Franciscan uh, Third Order. And in that conversation, we was talking about how things are going to change and someone posed the question, is it reform, refresh or revolution? And I went, revolution and someone came back going we need more people who are going to cause revolutions and I was like I didn't expect this person to say that but it's true we do need to sort of have a little mini revolution rather than a reformation a revolution and change some of the things and I think the only way that's going to happen is by people stepping outside the norms and saying what they really think and sort of not pushing the agenda, but just raising an issue to a point that it's raised. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a really good point. And, um, but I, I also find incredibly interesting in the ministry of Jesus. He was very much a revolutionary, but he didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Exactly. You know, he still kept what was best of the old, but, but brought a new perspective to it and fulfilled it. So you know, I always, I always, I think it's Richard Rohr talks about the third way that that everything in life we because we think binary we tend to say it's one thing or the other, it's black or it's white, it's this option or it's that option, um, and you find that online it people are so polarized. There's nothing in the middle, uh, and, and Jesus does this wonderful thing of, of being able to hold all those tensions and communicate things back to people, usually in a question that makes them think a bit more deeply. Um, and I know Jesus was crucified physically on the cross, but I think Jesus holds a position of crucifixion throughout his ministry of consistently holding the tensions of different worlds in which he loves and, and which he wants to see people come to their fulfillment in knowing God. So, you know, and I think it's in the same with us that, you know, when you truly love the Anglican Church or when you truly love wherever God has placed you, um, God gives you such a love in your heart that you're both trying to respect some of the elements of the old, but also bring people on a journey to seeing things in new ways. Um, but without totally just writing something off and saying it's yeah. a load of trash, we need to start from scratch because, you know, because we don't. Um, but we do need, you know, salt and light. We do need um, to start looking at things in new ways. Um, and quite often the church is at its best when it when it is struggling and when its back is against the wall. So then it has to be a bit more creative and it and it is pushed a bit more towards, you know, being being reliant on God. Yeah, definitely. So I think there's some really exciting stuff happening at the moment. Uh, you know, and the national movement in the Church of England pushing towards this, you know, the setting God's people free stuff, paper yeah. that came out, I think it's about three or four years ago now. And the work being done now in terms of everyday faith and, and discipleship and the everyday stuff of life is um oh is that someone with all the answers yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> get them on the podcast yeah get them on get them on but yeah i think i think there's a <laughs> i think there's a hugely exciting i'm so excited to be in, in the anglican church at this time because I, I think there is something massively, massively exciting going on in terms of this push to say, how do we empower those 98% of people in the church who are not ordained to be the scattered church in the places where God has placed them? And that understanding of it isn't always about getting people into a building on a Sunday. It's about how we empower people to create church and create community where they are in new ways. And yes, there will always be a place for the gathered church, um, but the sent church, the scattered church, um, I think is where where it's at. That's where the energy is. O- only you can be you in the place God has placed you. Yeah. Only you know the people you know. Only God has put you with the neighbours and, and people that are around you. Um, and although your vicar is in the best place to empower you and encourage you, and there's no way vicars can be in all of those places and they'll make themselves poorly if they try. So. I think there is a shift coming here, uh, which I think is hugely exciting, uh, and which uh, things like Foundations for Ministry and Authorised Lay Ministry have hopefully been a bit ahead of the game with that, uh, and I'm part of that. Um, and I certainly, you know, I see people like you and David being empowered 
uh, and that's the most exciting thing you know you, you kind of grasp that torch and that fire uh, and you're running with it now you yeah. know and uh, i kind of feel like a proud father you know you, you see people getting it <laughs> and, and then they're just running with it you know and, and you create you're creating little rebels and little disciples and little shakers and movers and um, you know and as david said you know when i hear from people or bump into people you know one of the best parts of the job is hearing from people you know a year later two years later when someone gets in touch or you see a name on the ordinance list and it was someone on ffm you know yes. it's just the biggest buzz it's just the biggest buzz um, it's just, i mean it's i just think amazing i think we're, we're kind of doing almost ffm um edition two because what we wanted to do on this and obviously you're aware of that is we we're not limiting it to christian faith you know if anybody mm. wants to get involved with our podcast um, we want them to come on because we, we, as we've said, we want to look at the commonalities and work with the commonalities. So whether it's Judaism, Hindu, Buddhist, whichever you want of the main religions or any religion for for that matter, I would say, or even non. Jedi, or yeah, let, yeah or, or Jedi. Let's let's go for them all. Um, you know, th- there are there are going to be commonalities and. Um, the FFM course was brilliant because when I went on it, I only had a very, very narrow view of the church. So it was the vicar almost. I knew I knew a couple of other bits, but that was my main view. And you really did throw the book and said, right, this is everything. You, you basically showed us the index and went through the index with us of the church. So what we're doing here, and again, thanks to FFM, and obviously Adrian taking the lead on this, um, was the fact that we've said, okay, so how do we extend that? Where do we take that? How do we get that to work as, as a vision for everybody and, and anybody that can get involved in it? So, yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from, you know, because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for FFM. It's as simple as that. Mm. And I think what you're creating, what the world so much needs is is compassionate places of listening. You know, we, we put some rules in place on FFM and how you treat each other, what's okay and what's not okay in those groups, but then everything else is on the table. Yeah. And people do, you know, in that first term find it difficult, by the second term things are clicking, and by the third term the leaders don't need to do anything because the groups are running themselves. The trouble in the world today is that people are so polarized in their views there's no spaces where people can come and go do you know what i don't agree with you but i'm going to sit here and i'm going to listen to your point and then we're going to talk about it um, and you can still go away believing what you believe but there are so few places where people are prepared to come and say you know what I, you know i'm prepared just to not be aggressive I'm, I'm i'm prepared to respect you and listen and we might still go away not agreeing on some things but we understand more that we're still human beings and, and we still have the same ups and downs and i think something like these podcasts are special because they are providing that space like you had in your small groups to say we're going to have a discussion here it's all on the table we're going to listen to each other we're going to, we're going to, we might disagree we might put heads we might have a bit of banter but at the end of the day um what's coming out of it is our is recognizing our common humanity yeah. um, and, and faith is just faith is such an amazing thing you know it just the fact that someone will believe in something other than themselves you know in a world that is that is so focused on the individual and the individual wants and the individual needs and the i for someone to believe in something that is bigger than themselves yeah. and i know it doesn't make sense scientifically and i know it doesn't make sense logically sometimes but that's what brought me into or why i do what i do in the first place um, because I came to a point in my life when I began to see people believing in something other than themselves and that affecting the way they behaved and loved and, and operated in the world. And that just blew my mind. Uh, and that's what drew me into, into doing the kind of stuff that I'm doing. Jamie, um, just before we move on to a bit of your personal journey, I just want to drag it back because as David was mentioning before that you, you've been a big part of his journey. Obviously, I remember the first time um, we actually physically met uh, was at McDonald's over coffee when I was going through a bit of a bad time. And 
and I didn't know what to do regarding my ALM. And, and you just give me that confidence to move forward by obviously offering that opportunity for me to come and lead on foundations for ministry, which, as you know, I felt way out of depth at first and thought, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. I had a few more conversations with you and just jumped in. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, what's worse is going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to potentially drown, but you're not going to let me drown. You know, you're going to be that that hand of Jesus pulling me back out when I'm sinking. And and it worked and it brought me to where I am now. I, I, would, I don't think I'd be doing the podcast now, you know, because the two years that I've led on FFM have given me, you know, you know it's been a struggle, but they've given me a strength inside to actually cope with some of them dark sides. And, and you've been there through most of my wobbles over the past three years where I felt unworthy to be there and unable to do things. And so I want to credit you with that and, and actually publicly say, you know, thank you, because that is... I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now because I wouldn't have the confidence to do it. And you and, and a, f a few other people have been the key people that have got me to that. So thank you. Oh, it's, it's wonderful to hear. And, and you know what? It's a pay it forward system. You know, we don't any, own any of this. I, I'm only able to do that because people did it for me. Yeah. You know, I, I went to a party a few, you know, before lockdown and I bumped into the youth leader that brought me to faith. Wow. And I hadn't seen him for, you know, 30, 30 odd years, 25, 25 years. And I thought, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't understand the importance. If, if that man had invested in me and been patient with me when I was a pain in the butt teenager, causing problems in the youth group, none of, I wouldn't be doing any of this, mm. you know. And it, so it, it's a pay it forward system. You know, we, we don't own this. It's not all about us people invest in us and, and then we continue to invest in others. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. That's the training model he learned. He shared life with them, the ups, the downs, and then empowered them to go forwards and, and basically said, what you've learned with me, keep on doing it, teach others how to do it. Um, and, you know, and it works. It's a system that works. That's the amazing thing. But still businesses, even churches, still continue to base themselves on this one person at the top of the triangle who's the expert and tells everyone else what to do um, and it's mind-blowing really when when Jesus has shown us a different way as meant 2,000 years later this this wonderful thing called the church is it's still here it's not going away it may be it may be struggling in parts but you know that that system of um, investing in others so that they can invest in others so that they can invest in, in others um, it's just so powerful you know and, and again it's such a buzz for me to see bringing people from places of, of frustration and brokenness and um, releasing them into leadership and then seeing them grow um, and for each person you invest in that does that and that blesses another five people and they bless another five people I, th I think that's how you yeah. how you change the world yeah. and then again I think the leadership the leadership on FFM is an important part of that because we always have homegrown leaders. The leaders are always people that have come back, that have done the course, or are people that are seeking ministry experience and just need to build that confidence. Um, so the leaders on FFM are on the journey as much as the participants, and I think that really comes across. So we, you know, we don't have an expert in each group. We have someone that's also on a journey, and that person's there. You know, they might be a bit further down the line. Um, but we're all on that journey and the leaders are growing and developing and sharing. Uh, and I am each year just learning new things, be, being inspired by people, slightly tweaking the course. And, you know, it's not a package model where, you know, we don't diversify from the 2.4 plan. Yeah. Uh, every year there's surprises. Every, every year things happen we don't expect. Every year, you know, each group is different. Each group of leaders is different. Um, but that's what makes it so exciting and scary as well at the start particularly because you just don't know what's going to yeah. happen but it always comes together every year it comes together people connect with each other and connect with God uh, and it, it, you know I shouldn't be surprised I guess fourth year around but I, I still feel amazed and surprised and proud of people incredibly proud of everyone on the course because you get out what you put in you know, being in a place where you meet each other and connect lives doesn't happen 
you know, as a byproduct, you have to intensively decide to be vulnerable and decide to invest in each other and decide to open up. Um, you know, and I always feel a great sense of love and pride for um, the groups and leaders when you're seeing people doing that. Yeah, no, because I never gets boring. No, I've I've had the same because as you know, two years as leader, and I've watched people who swore they'd never ever come and lead, and and then like this year there was people from my the group I was part of with Grace who led this year. And, and they was adamant that they would never lead. So, so for me, that, I just, you know what I mean? I just buzz off that to see someone yeah. who, who at the beginning of the course forgot, I can't talk. And then at the end of the course, they're like, I can't do that. And then next minute, they're actually, they're in that space where I was. And you just think, actually, that's what it's about, to watch them get the confidence yeah. to grow and to be, mm. you know, it, it, it's just an amazing feeling to see. So... Yeah. I think we've covered way too much of FFM. <laughs> <laughs> well, it no, is my passion. I could talk it, all day about it. No, yeah. FFM is great, and I love FFM. And, and, and to be honest, I think we could probably come back and talk about it again and maybe do some brief um, on some of the subjects, if that would be okay with you, Jamie. You know, yeah, maybe. we'll get some of those people that said, never will I ever yeah, eventually I'm, have done. We'll yeah, talking I'm, about that, yeah. I, I, maybe I, we should try. Maybe we should try and do um, an FFM reunion version of the podcast. Ooh, maybe that maybe. would be interesting. Maybe <laughs> and, and then record it and put it on YouTube as well. Yeah, uh, that, that could yeah, be one of that. our YouTube videos, right? That, that's something to look at. But <laughs> Jamie, obviously, the work you've done in FFM is fantastic, and um, within the diocese as a whole. Would you mind sharing some of your personal journey that obviously got you to um, Church House and taking over that role, um, please? No. Oh, that's fine then. That's fine. <laughs> we could just we could just we could just end it here. And, and yeah, we've already got enough, Jamie. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter, mate. Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm not from a Christian family not from a christian background not not by any sense brought up in the church um so i had quite an interesting journey obviously um and basically ended up going to church because that's where the girls were in the youth group and that was the, the single and only reason really I, th I think they call it honey trap evangelism these days yeah um, so yeah so ended up going with a friend and um, regularly going to a church youth group um, and, and just over that time, um, you know, people invested in me, the, the leaders invested in me. Um, I'm sure I was a pain at times and, you know, as you can imagine, I've always been a little bit of a rebel and want to push boundaries. Um, but a few particular people really invested in me and stuck with me. Uh, and then, like I said, just, just one day I was, I was in a, a worship service at the back and there was all these people worshipping. Um, and I, I could see them and some had their hands in the air and, and some were, you know, really getting into it. And I wasn't feeling what they were feeling. I was, I was almost a complete outsider looking in. And I, I just remember thinking, I don't know what it is that they've got. And I don't really understand what it is. Um, but I just knew I wanted it. I just knew I wanted to, to be a part of that. I wanted to, to be experiencing what, what they were experiencing. And, and I just, after the service, went to, to my youth leader um, and, and just sat down and explained this to him. And he explained it to me, um, you know, and led, led, led me through a prayer of commitment. Um, and I, I distinctively remember just being just overwhelmed with this, this, this sense of love, just, just a complete and overwhelming sense of love. A bit like David described when he was, watching um watching the film with uh, about the young pope um, and, and you know i remember running home and skipping home singing dancing shouting um and, and everything else has kind of fed out from from that moment really when i was you know in my young teens um everything else that i've ever done and ever been and ever will be uh, has been birthed from from that that particular moment um, on that particular day 
amazing. <clears throat> it is. It's amazing that feeling, isn't it? Because I can still remember mine, even though it was at the 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 sort of it came out of darkness. It it's just it it's 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 one of them feelings that is always with you, isn't it? And and I've found the ability to just re-go and think back can take me from a bad day to a, an okay day because it just gives me a bit of boost inside of where I came from and how that journey started. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as well, it just reminds you that, that what we have is a gift. Everything is gift. You know, we can't, we can't own it, we can't claim it, that we've earned it or that we... We did it because we did a course or it's given to us freely and therefore it is to be given away freely yeah um, yeah definitely you know, that that's the system is you know everything is gift every time we have any sense of of goodness or that sense of grace um that is a gift and um, i think it becomes dangerous when we begin to think we can control that or own it or manipulate it in certain ways um and I think what keeps it fresh is that reminder that as it was given to us as a gift of grace, and so it's available to all of the people, mm. you know, in, in the world. And our, and our part is to pass that on and pay it forward um, to, to try and make that as less complicated as possible and as accessible as possible to explain that to people in a language that they will understand. Um, and that when we were in that process and when we are doing that, it's probably not so surprising to many of us that when we're doing that, we feel most like who we are meant to be and who we were called to be, you know. Yeah. Whether it's an SFM or a ministry in a funeral business or the school gate, we all have that thing that, that when we do it, we feel like this is the person I've been created to be. And I think the whole point of ministry, the whole point of training to be a vicar, the whole point of training to be a preacher, a teacher, is helping people discover that to get into that place and that connection and to live their lives to the full in that place and i think when we do that life is incredibly exciting and um, and when we don't things can become a bit a bit religious and a bit kind of structured and although it's important to have those elements um, the magic often happens outside of the outside of the comfort spots doesn't it? it usually happens when we're slightly pushed outside and yeah and made yeah. to experience and see new things in new ways um yeah. But, uh, but yeah so i'll never forget that that sense of um you know it being about all being about love and relationship all being about love and relationship and not trying to get too caught up or the right words or trying to trying to meddle with it too much yeah. like you said if someone reaches out to you and they want to chat to you about their life and their faith and the greatest thing you can ever do and the greatest privilege you can have is turning up at mcdonald's meeting that person and having that coffee because you know out of that i've got a lifelong friend someone who i've seen grow and have a huge amount of respect with and you know we need to get out of our out of our boxes and and actively seek and meet with with other people and share our lives It's, it's the only way things really change and, and life shift. That's mm. what it's all about. It's great. Love it. That has become... Sorry, go on, Adrian. Uh, that has become quite a key thing because obviously me and you, David, we meet for coffee regular at our unnamed coffee shop, which will remain... We'll be naming day. them soon because we're going to get them <laughs> to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but that is, that is, you know, I meet there with Nick... Um, who's obviously been on the show before and is the next episode after you, Jamie, is coming on to talk about um, inclusive church. Um, And, you know, and, and actually I've found that just meeting someone for a coffee, it, it might start off as just a general, how are you doing? You know, I've done it with some people from FFM, just met them for a coffee, just, just to see how they are. And it's grown into a bigger relationship of, and it's, it's, it, some sense, you know, the church is focused around the buildings, but it, that sort of thing just proves that the church doesn't always need the building because we can make them connections and be faithful with each other in a, in a one-to-one situation in a coffee shop where it's loud, noisy, loads of different things going on but some of the most 
faithful experiences I've had and, and to do with my journey that have pushed me forward have happened in some of the most weirdest places. <laughs> you know, they never, never, I've never known it to happen other than the first, my, my sense of calling, which happened in Lords. Most of them happen in a coffee shop or on a fun fair mm. or in a. Because you spend a lot of, of time in coffee shops. Or in a. <laughs> Yeah. And you know what? For someone like me, I, that's so humbling to hear because, you know, those of us in the centre, those are the centre of the structures, those are the centre of organising. We can get really carried away with ourselves that it's about what we organise and what we centrally do in our plans and our schemes and our initiatives. But if you look at the gospel, anything of real value always happens on the margins. Mm. You know, Jesus's most amazing encounters happen with people on the margins yes. um, in, in unplanned, unorganised ways. And I think that's really humbling for, um, for people like myself and people in power and inverted commas, because um, we often think that our job is to create those things and our job is to make those things happen, and we can't. And I think the most power, one of the most powerful things um, about Foundations for Ministry is letting people know what you have experienced here is, is so, get this word right, replicable. Yeah, you know, if you are prepared to meet with a small group of people and be vulnerable and share a bit of life, amazing things will happen. You know, it's biblical where two or more gather, God is there with us. And you know what? I don't think it matters so much what course you do, or if you know, if you're doing a you know faithfulness on the front line course, or talk Jesus, or or faith pictures. I think the main thing what matters is you're being prepared to show up. You're being prepared to be real and vulnerable with each other. And allow God to work and move amongst you, um, and I think that that kind of small group model um, that Jesus used, you know, investing. He, his model was to get twelve people and invest three years every day of his life in them, sharing the ups and downs of life, um, and then send them out in twos and threes to do, to do similar. And I think it, you know we really need to reclaim that kind of small group model, uh, and particularly men, because we're not always good at doing that at talking. Um, and we need to find ways that, that men can do that uh, because, you know, I mean, you know, you both yourselves, I've experienced it with mental health stuff. Again, it's probably another podcast done in itself, but mental health is such a big issue for men. You know, we're all in that age bracket where you know, suicide is the biggest killer. So, you know, the fact that you guys can meet in a coffee shop um, and talk and share and be vulnerable is a lifesaver. It has been for me. And I think, you know, that's, again, something that we really need to encourage in the church and, and particularly amongst men as well, how men can be vulnerable and talk about their faith, the challenges of what it means to try and be, a, you know, a husband, a partner, you know, and all the things that come with that and where God, we can meet God in that place um, is, is really important as well. I don't know if you're aware, um, Jamie, um, talking about the coffee shops and things, um, and I'm not sure if we've actually brought it up in one of the podcasts, I will say, but um, we met a gentleman when we were sat in the unnamed coffee oh, shop, yes. um, a gentleman called Jake, and uh, not of our faith. I'm, I, I don't want to say too much because I'm hoping he'll actually come on the show. Um, and we we'd been there we'd probably been there about an hour and i nipped to the loo and came back and i just saw this guy and i ended up asking him a really bizarre question um and then we were there for about another hour and a half and we had to follow uh, our sorry that, yeah really sorry we're, we're having this really deep and meaningful conversation if i say they look at book one we look at book two that kind of gives you an idea of think of where this gentleman sits Mm. Um, and then he introduced us to his wife and all these people came around and we just had this really cool conversation because it was amazing how much he didn't know about us mm. and vice versa. But then when you started talking, you could actually see both sides of that table going, we're not that far apart. Mm. Well, and it was I a very bizarre and it gave, I think, I think one of the things that I certainly learned and I'm, I've never been backwards and coming forwards I know that um but I mean on the course I did with Adrian I saw Adrian grow and I'm sure he saw the same in me in certain ways um and it did give us the confidence to be theologians we discussed the bible 
in a coffee shop. And you know what? I think Jesus was proud of us at that moment because he went, I've done that. You're doing exactly what I did. You're talking to people about God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, th- I think there's a book called Cafe Theology. You guys will have yeah. to get that. <laughs> we might write it. Yeah, so <laughs> how book. do you talk about theology, you know, as if you're doing it over coffee, you know? And yeah. I, think, I think there are so many, you know, great books coming out now. There's a book called Visual Theology, mm. which is putting big ideas into pictures. Um, you know, I think people are realising now that there are different ways of expressing things, that people learn differently, people think differently, uh, and we all need to find our own language with how we do and how we connect God. And it's not simply about always having to go and, and get a degree or having to go to college. Definitely. Uh, and, that, and that is right for some people, but we all need to find a way that, that we connect and find language to, to meet with God. And I love it. Yeah, just that meet. You probably will go away from conversations like that um, you know, still believe in what you believe. I can't believe if people are willing to sit down and be vulnerable that we can't each be enriched by that and the understanding of that. Um, but it is that willingness to, to just sit in a funny liminal middle space where no one's got the power or authority and you're both choosing to, as, as Jesus did, to meet with people outside of the usual sphere of influence. Yes, um, definitely. But, um, you know, Jesus was just great at that, wasn't he? Just invite getting himself invited to people's houses for dinners and meeting people at wells and um but jesus was all about as you said broadening the world he didn't narrow it he wasn't trying to get everything narrowed down to a particular way of thinking it was always about expanding who was involved and who was in and who was out and who should be and who shouldn't be and you know he fundamentally loved to mess around with all that um, and that's what you're doing, you know, when you sit down with a person of another faith, another background, um, you're broadening the world rather than narrowing it. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think that's so desperately what we need at the moment, where we're seeing our world in terms of the way it's managed and the political is so polarised. And that just doesn't benefit anyone at the end of the day. No, no one wins. And actually, not only does no one win, it's always the poor and the marginalised that are always the ones that are most effective, most affected, uh, and most kicked in the uh, kicked in the stomach out of it all. One hundred percent. And uh, and Jamie, I think that's brought us to a, a very um, good place to end um, this one. But I do hope that you'll come back because I, I I think we could. You know, there's a lot of come. There's never out. enough time in one for no, do any one. No, no, that's great. And yeah. I'm still trying Keep to figure. Going. And I'm still trying to figure out how to just do one long recording and then edit it down. And so, <laughs> so until I've mastered that, we can't keep going. No, actually, um, I think I think these work better because we can intersperse then, and it doesn't become yeah. disjointed. We close this down, and then we'll Move reopen on. it. I think that's. Yeah. And so hopefully you will come back and join us again. Um, and and obviously maybe we'll all have a chat about the idea David suggested um, of seeing if we can get a a group of former FFM people to get together and maybe have a general chit chat and, and do it as a podcast and a, a YouTube. Mm, I think that'd be great, yeah. Get the old team back together yeah. and just see how everyone's doing and what you learn and what you're taking forwards and what you're still thinking about. And yeah, I think yeah. that'd be uh, that'd be a wonderful idea. So for now, um, thank you very much. It's been a blessing and a pleasure to uh, have this conversation with you today. Um, and we'll leave it there if that's okay. Brilliant. I loved it. Could have talked all day. If we forget <laughs> we're on the pod- you forget you're on the podcast after a while, don't you? Yeah, you, you, ju- you just end up chatting, don't you? That's the, yeah. I think that's the beauty of doing it this way as well. Right. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. And all the best for continuing, and um, I'll, be, I'll be tuning in, I'll be spreading the word. So, yeah, keep it going. Well, thank, thank you, you very, very much. Thank you for joining us on Journeys of Faith. We hope you've enjoyed yourself and we hope you're enjoying your time with us. Um, If you have any feedback, comments or would like to join us on an episode to share your story, you can email us at jofpodcast2020 at gmail.com. That's jofpodcast2020 at gmail.com. 
You can find us on the internet at www.jofpodcast.wordpress.com You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at jofpodcast and if you have anything that you do want to share with us whether that's a comment on how we can make the podcast better or how you're actually enjoying the podcast please do contact us as we want to make this podcast work for the people who are listening and also make it better so we need your help to do that so from myself and david thank you very much for joining us on this journey so till next time safe journey